Jared, dude, like this podcast, you ready for this? Okay. It's going to nationals. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Awesome. High five, bro. Yeah, man. You ready for nationals, bro? Fuck yeah. I'm fucking so excited for nationals. Hebrew nationals, right? We're going to eat hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, it's the Hebrew National Nationals where oh. you know, we, we have competed in school and we've done so good that we're going to move on to the tri-state area. And from the tri-state area, we're going on to Nationals. Fuck yes. Absolutely. What do we do again with our sport? <laughs> it's a podcast. So we're going to oh. podcast our way into the National. No, uh, we have already done that. My uh, bad. We, we're, we're in the National. Wait a minute. Are I you swear. lying to me? We're not even in the Nationals? What the fuck, dude? Holy shit. False hope. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Indie Film Review. That's Dan. What's up, Dan? What's up? I'm Gerard Butler. Famous actor and podcast host. Uh, Dan, what are we doing this episode? I know. I also (laughs) wish. What are we doing, Dan? We are going to review some independent films. This time it's definitely some because it's a short film episode. Probably That's volume right. something. At volume a lot. <laughs> we do we've been doing this for a while. All my filmies who independent. Throw your films up at me. <laughs> yeah. All my filmies. Okay. Yeah. So we have four films we're gonna watch. We have Blue Pendant. We have Anchor. We have House to Herself, and we have The Man Who Wouldn't Cry. You like that? You like the yes, the spin I put on that. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna interject, but you like oh, you, just, you yes. made it so I shouldn't. I that's right. Uh, and that's what we're gonna do. It's, we're gonna talk about the films. So now these are shorts. A lot of them are uh, fifteen minutes or under. So we're going to spoil them. We're not going to do like our 50-50 like we normally do where we talk about non-spoilers and then get into spoilers. So it's it's the nature of short films. They're too short, right? So we're going to yeah. spoil these films. If you want to watch them, uh, I'll talk about that as we go. So the first one, Blue Pendant, is on YouTube. You can go and watch it. It's on YouTube. Diego Ramirez wrote and directed this. And I believe he is the one who submitted this to us. So, yeah, let's talk about Blue Pendant. Oh, actually, I I apologize. Drew sent this to us, and Diego Ramirez is the one who created it. Yes. There, I've corrected myself. Who is Drew? No idea. <laughs> he is a man. Thank you, Drew, names. for submissions. So, Blue Pendant is probably, I mean, not to disparage any any other film that's on this list, but the most creative one, like, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it, yeah, it's very really good fantasy. Ideas. Very fantasy-like. It's it's definitely very out there in terms of how the plot is constructed. Like Fantasy Island? No. Oh. Nothing like that at all. Okay. <laughs> that's so, my only reference of what a fantasy is. Blue Pendant is about this we'll say couple well it's like they're friends and then um mm. one of them kisses the other one and budding relationship they they don't it's not a good kiss and they kind of go their separate ways but oh. the 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 girl of the relationship who initiates the kiss she is in possession of a blue pendant it's like this mm. crystal that she has and it falls into um trey it's it's I for, what's her i forgot her name but his name is trey 
It's like Mariana or something. I I was just gonna call him boy and girl. I don't. Yeah. So I don't know what girl drops about. blue pendant into to boy's pocket, and boy yeah. runs away and doesn't reciprocate the kiss, and it's really awkward. But girl ends up dying. Does she die or does she get kidnapped? She dies. We learn this through her Instagram page. Holy shit! She fucking she's dead. Yes. Okay. Whoa. This this get, makes this shit I'm even pretty weirder. Sure. I'm pretty sure that's. I what thought happened. she just got kidnapped, but all no, right. I'm pretty sure she she dies, and he's grief stricken. So uh-huh. he goes to her house with the blue pendant, but the blue pendant reacts to her house and mm-hmm. shines the whole place blue, and something incredible happens in that she is dead, but he is able to access the past through this blue pendant, and that's is what that I think. What's is happen- going on? I think that's what's happening. What the fuck? <laughs> I could be completely wrong, but that's how I kind of read this film. What? This this film is so hard to talk about. So basically, the blue pendant allows him to see what has been, and she is being attacked by a home intruder who is looking for the blue pendant. Yeah, I thought that was cool, yeah. So um, uh, he is able to access her reality of about to being about to be dead and save her from being dead and then the next day he wakes up and she's alive what the fuck okay here's what i (laughs) thought was happening in this movie because it's like you're telling me a completely different film okay so there's uh friends they're they're hiking uh they're kind of getting close to each other they exchange the they exchange the pendant there's the kiss whatever so he he leaves her on the trail because he's kind of embarrassed. He's like, "Oh no, a kiss! I don't know." And he like he's awkward and he runs away. I thought she got kidnapped on the trail, and then she was never heard from again. And he felt bad because he had left her there and she was kidnapped because she's like, I, I think the paper says she was missing, but I don't know. Maybe I just, I messed up on this. So and then he he has the pendant, so he brings it to her house, and then it's like. She's like in a different world, like an alternate universe. And he's almost like pulling an alternate version of this girl. Like he's saving her. Me saying this, it feels like your version makes more sense. It, it, I, no, I mean, like I'm down for your version too. It's it's one or the other. It's either I don't it's know, an alternate dude. universe or it's the past that he's able to reach into. But man, this film is gorgeous anytime that they show like the hiking scenes it's Mm -hmm. filmed on like it's it's supposed to be the past right so it takes the instagram filter that she was using which is basically this kind of um it's an old camera so it's like really film grainy and really you know 70s saturated film colors and it's oh it's so good to look (laughs) at and then there's some really fucking cool cinematography in it Where there's this one scene where he's looking through the mirror and he sees her reflection, but not his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. That That was was so fucking incredible. Like, how did they do that? Oh, my (laughs) God. It's tough. Camera angles, I guess. Um, So I overall, I thought this movie was enjoyable. I liked it. It it was a little confusing. It was confusing. Very confusing. Certain things like why certain things were happening. Um, I thought the fight scene at the end was a little silly. It was silly because <laughs> it's just like two men standing there punching each other through different universes. So it was like a man fighting with no one. And then another man fighting with no one. Like if I had this power 
to fight someone who couldn't see where I was, I wouldn't just stand there and fight them. Like you would be doing everything you could to not get punched, right? He would be, you would be at such an advantage. You know what I mean? And it, it, I feel like the robber like immediately realized like, oh, a man yeah. from a different universe is fighting me. I will stand and fight him. <laughs> and like, that was kind that, of silly. That realization was, that, that was the hard sell on me. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. right. Well, but then again, did you catch the part where the robber was like, Showing her the the eBay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess he might know the powers of the pendant, but still, you don't stand there and go toe to toe with a, this the guy. pendant is valued at like seventy nine thousand dollars. Hell yeah, that's like seventy nine thousand cheeseburgers, Dan. That's a lot of money. So there's that. I thought some of the camera work, uh, they didn't get some of the framing right. Where it, it feels like if they would just raise the camera just a little bit higher or maybe zoom out just a little bit more just so we can get some more headroom. It got a little claustrophobic for me. And um, I also, I know you were saying you liked that film grain, but it, because it's a digital camera, there was like some digital artifacting in it mm-hmm. where that stuff kind of, like I, I usually like that effect, but in this it, it, it was a little distracting to me. I was like, ah, I, don't well, know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like it. It bothered the, me a little the, bit. The, I, 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 I know what you're talking about. I did see that, but just the fact that it looked like a seventies, it wasn't just the grain. It was also the, the color and the hues. And I was just yes. so impressed by that. That was nice, but it was like, I was watching this on the highest quality and it still felt like the quality level was low, but that's just, you know, they, they have the camera they have. And he's like, I want to make this film. This is the camera I have. So you can't really blame them well, that much for that. Whether you're, synopsis or my synopsis is correct it's still wildly creative right yeah i i yeah it's it was really fun it was such a weird cool idea and you could definitely expand on it and uh i like i like uh you like expansion i love expansion i love the expanse (laughs) okay all right next film anchor dan this was sent to us by jenna clark and you can also see Anchor on YouTube.com. What is Anchor? Okay, so Anchor is about a swim team that goes to nationals, bro. Hell yeah, high five. <laughs> um, so no, so Anchor is about a a, um, a a swim team. Like there's a main love interest who is on the swim team. He's kind of the star of the show. And mm-hmm. he takes this the, the, his team to nationals and he throws a party. And he has a best friend girlfriend, but they're kind of like becoming more girlfriend. Will they? Won't they? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, no. So it, it, like they do a good job of conveying that that awkwardness, which I really like. Yeah. But the girl goes to this party, even though it's not her scene. She ends up getting sexually assaulted, and then oh boy, yeah, the boy defends her, but then defends the guy who sexually assaults her. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, it's dude, bro, gives an ultimatum where he's like, "Well, if you if you tattletale on me, we can't go to nationals, bro." And Which so is he's why like, "Well, I guess I'll let so the rape happen." Yeah, exactly. It's it's really and uh, yeah, this this film cuts right to the chase. Talk about a film I probably should have read what the synopsis was before I watched it. Or I don't know. It was interesting going well, in blind because I was like, holy a, shit. It, it gives this you a warning crazy. at the very beginning. It's like, oh, by the way, some viewers might find this um, triggering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you're right. You're right. So uh, that's true. But the sexual assault's not super graphic. Yeah. And 
I mean, I, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the message because it, it brings up Title IX at the end. And it's like, you know, one in five, or only 5% of rapes are actually um, reported on college campuses. Which and is how many of those do people actually care about? Like, yeah. how many of those actually go through and they actually exactly. investigate it and deal with it? I'm torn because I appreciate this movie for its message, but at the same time, it was just another one of these films that gets made. Like I, mm-hmm. it's nothing new that I've seen that it has the same message. You know what I mean? It doesn't. So the, the issue is like, will this reach somebody who is already a scumbag? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you preaching to the choir? Because what, I feel yeah, like exactly if you're thought. already in the mindset where you're going to slam a woman up against the wall and, and just like molest them, rape them in a, a fucking tool shed, which there are freakos out there who would do that. Then it's like you're, you're going to see this movie and just it's going to wash right over you like you're not going to fucking care. So um, hopefully when people see it, like maybe like younger kids a younger audience will see this and be like, oh, that was like really... Int- I don't know. It's like, who is this for? It's like, I don't know. I think it could help some people, but it's... Yeah, you could play it on like college campuses to like... Yeah. To 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 encourage the the awareness of this this plight of sexual assault on, on specifically mm-hmm. college campuses. But again, I, I appreciate the message. I just like, I've seen iterations of this film ad nauseum and i'm like what are you bringing new to the table and that that was my biggest gripe about it but that's not really a big gripe that's just Mm. me being me and stupid and having seen a bunch of these films well yeah it it felt like this film was more of like this is an education tool instead of uh an art piece so you know i don't know It, it has a function and it's doing that function now in terms of the film itself uh, I thought it was a little weird where like this guy stumbles out from behind a shed. I mean, they kind of explain <laughs> yeah. it. It's like drunk bro. He's like, Hey, I'm a drunk bro. I hit and a tree while like, I was pissing. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, there's a first aid kit in this creepy old shed. You want to go in there with me? But then also she knows this kid. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's not that bad. She, he's like, I'm embarrassed. Let's go in the creepy shed and patch me up. Uh, and then he goes from like zero to rape. Really fast. I I don't know. I guess really it's a lame short excuse film. too. It's like I got hit on the head. I don't want my friends to see me like this. Yeah, it was kind of contrived. There's definitely some contrivances there, but I almost wanted this to be flushed out more into mm-hmm. a longer film. Yeah, and I feel like I would have liked it a lot more. Probably where I we mean, could really I, dive into these characters again. Not to say that I didn't like it. Like. It was well constructed. Like the only thing that it was fine to me wasn't well constructed was like they go to nationals and it's the same swimming pool and all you hear is ADR <laughs> of a crowd in the background and you're like okay, <laughs> yeah. I get I, mean... I get budgetary constraints, but but I like that scene a lot because it's just her looking on at him. Oh, who has oof. since rejected her because like it's either one uh-huh. or the other. And he decided to go to nationals instead of defend her, which is, you know, one of the fucking reasons that, you know, you have these 5% only that is, is yeah. reporting crimes. Yeah. Oh boy. You know, it's a tough subject. Um, so shit. I don't know. There you go. Title nine guys read about it. 
Uh, okay. House to herself. Oh, Dan. boy. The fuck? The fuck is this? House to herself is about a girl. Um, maybe senior in high school, maybe freshman in college. But she lives at her dad's lake house, which is beautiful, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this... And yeah. her dad is neglectful, or well, let's not say neglectful, but he he's not at home a lot. And she invites her boyfriend over so they can copulate. And um, that happens. Mm-hmm. And then she... And then like an alien shows up, right? He's like, hey, you must take me back to my home planet. No, she watches some TV and then oh. invites him back over for sex. Oh, okay. Because her dad's out of town. So... The crux of this film is the fact that she's a virgin. That that's the only thing I can think of as the the But is she? That she says so. But do you believe everything and everyone tells you, Dan? Daniel? Yes. What if I were to tell you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so No, the way she the way they have sex, she's definitely a virgin. Like, but here's the thing. So we have basically this film is like it, it shows her whole day and it's super boring. And then she invites the guy, they have sex, and then the next day happens, and then the whole day happens again. But she calls someone, I think it's a different man. Really? I don't think it's the same person. I think she's I doing was... this over and over again with different men. I think that was like the big stinger. That was the big whoa moment where you're like, ooh, she is, what, what's going on? That, I, I didn't. Know. I didn't get that. I, I thought it was just the same dude. Like she's. It's a budding relationship. But I thought it what? was a different guy. So, anyways, Matthew Kyle Levine sent this to us. Uh, he was also involved with Miss Freelance. I don't know if he did this film. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So he's the writer for this. Um. And oh yeah, he's writer and director for this. And uh, yeah, Miss Miss Freelance, I think was a Tim J. Cox vehicle. If I yes. remember, no, it wasn't a it wasn't a vehicle. Like that. <gasps> no, he was... he just had a little role. He had a role in it. Yeah, that was about the prostitute lady. That one was interesting. Yeah. That was an interesting movie. Now this film, it's really well shot. If you wanted a a teaching workshop of of like how to frame images and make things look aesthetically pleasing on a screen. This is this would do that. You'd be like, here you go. Here's how the you make things look interesting. Um, as far as content, there's nothing here. There's now, nothing. Now, let me let me speak to this nothingness. This film reminds me of a different film that I watched in grad school. I forgot the name of it. I'm very sorry, but it is a film. We need a Pooh? French. No, it's a French film that. <laughs> It's the name of the film is an address, like oh, where this woman lives. It's it's her address, uh-huh. and it's a feminist text in that all it does is follow this housewife through her, you know, expected routine throughout yeah. the day, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, that film in particular gets really strange because you get to see how she interacts with the men in her life. And then there's this really, really weird scene where <laughs> she, um, is like making this pate and like, she's putting stuff into ground beef and it's ASMR of the ground beef. So it's oh. like 
but it, it's it's like female sexual noises at the same mm. time as being her making food. That's so weird. It's, it's 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 really weird in that. So I got that kind of vibe out of this. It's like this is definitely supposed to be this girl who is you know taking advantage of her dad being out of town all the time yeah and her sexual exploits but it turns out that well we were told at least that she's a virgin and the way she has sex with her boyfriend it's like very strange like she she's not reactionary she's like, sad yeah, <laughs> it's it, sad it's, sex it's, it's not it's, good it's, for her yeah it's not good for her but she look in like afterwards. She looks at herself in the mirror. She contemplates life. She, she eats ice cream while watching a movie. Like all of the sad things. I mean, it feels like she is a prisoner. Yes. It almost feels like she cannot leave. Yes, and exactly. her parents are never coming back. And she is stuck in this loop where she has to do this over and over and over again. Um, I don't know if that's what's really going on. And you think um, that she's taking advantage of it to be promiscuous instead of loyal to that's why i just like the fact that she's a virgin at first makes me feel like she's talking to the same person she's like i'm because she says something to the effect because she calls him back over and she says i'm really excited to see you again so maybe she can be interpreted as somebody else who knows i i mean These are interesting ideas. I just don't think they're conveyed on the screen while you're watching it. We're really extrapolating a lot. Yes. No, um, for sure. Like my my relations are are all in my head because this is literally just a girl who invites a dude over for sex and eats ice cream. But it's if it was that, it would at least be a something because like there's extended scenes of her watching TV, making food, eating, <laughs> texting. Yeah. Standing by water, staring at the mirror, putting on more lipstick, staring at the mirror again. It's just like so many scenes of just nothing going on. I don't know. Um, oh. You know what? Why not show us everything? Why skimp? I want to see her when she's taking a shit. Picking her nose. <laughs> yeah. Walking up and down stairs. You know? Like, I want to see all that. Awkward foreplay. <laughs> I want to see it all. I don't know, man. I'm a little spicy on this one. It, it just felt like a waste of time. Like, I don't get it. I guess I, I was hoping maybe you got something more out of it than me. But, uh... Okay, so that film that I was talking about is called Jeanne Dielman. 23 quad du commerce 1080 bruxels and all that is, Holy is just shit. Her, that's it that's that's her address like uh, the, the film is funny. literally her address and it uh, yeah i already explained what it is but I, yeah I, it was bothering me that i didn't know the title of it uh so yeah that's house to herself <laughs> next movie uh, okay so last movie is the man who wouldn't cry oh, man. man so this is cry. a german film it is a foreign film that was submitted to us. Who submitted yes. this film? Uh, Emil T. Johnson, who I believe is the creator. Oh, okay. So, The Man Who Wouldn't Cry is a very interesting premise. and it On said, Vimeo. It said a lot about 
culture in general and like how we react to tragedy Mm. and I, i liked its message so basically the idea of this film is there's an ad company this this ad ad um ad agency. house advertising ad agency that's the word i'm looking for so this is ad agency who you know does a lot for the media of germany and one of their german beloved actor actresses she dies and the whole ad ad agency is distraught because they've done so much work with her except mm-hmm. for one guy their their illustrator and the illustrator doesn't cry he's like whatever and he gets in trouble for not crying by his boss. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So his boss forces him <laughs> to work alongside the employee of the month until he cries. Yeah. And he has to do it within a full work day or else he's going to get fired. <laughs> so this movie is very surreal. It's very colorful. Uh, it's It's, it's half animated, half... Um, oh. The animations are beautiful. The but. animations are so good because it's like animated stills yeah. with sounds and they're really well done. Um, this movie is very well done. Um, I don't know if it was as funny as I wanted it to be. And I, I maybe I not. don't know if it should have. Like, do you think that was the intention? This being um, a comedy so or just what, being what, weird? No, I don't think it needed to be funny. I think the message is there. I think it, it's a strong message, but... What clued me into it being funny was the um the the the, the what's it, the thumbnail that they chose for Vimeo, mm. where it's like you have like this the the employee of the month character looks wacky and like mm-hmm. the main character looks like he's having a good time. I'm like, is this a, this is gonna be a comedy? But it turns out not to be a comedy, <laughs> and it kind of points fingers at not the fact that he's not crying, but the fact that people cry and post that sorrow to social media. And you Mm -hmm. don't really get that message until the very end of the film. But once you do, you're like, Oh yeah, it's not about the, the loss. It's about the shared or the collective experience of that loss and feeling just as important as that loss, Mm -hmm. which is really Making it about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to post the sad, oh no. And it's a big old post, but it's really like, how many likes can I get? How many people can feel sorry for me that this is happening to me? And I love that. I love it too, but my biggest critique of it is because it all is backloaded at the end, you know, like you have this really surreal and, um, absurdist plot line that you don't necessarily understand its message until like, it just kind of dumps at you at the very end. So mm-hmm. I maybe would have liked to see the message happen a little bit earlier in the film. And like, we build on that message. I don't know. That's just me. Well, apparently this is based off a short story too. Which yeah. It's interesting. Um, so one, one scene I liked a lot where after his boss is like, yeah, you're going to have to cry by the end of the day or we're probably going to have to fire you because you're embarrassing our company. You're making us look bad. And like he's like alienated from all his coworkers and he walks into the office and all his co- coworkers scatter like cocktails. Oh, that was, yeah, that's definitely my favorite scene. But but one of the ladies, she walks she up stairs out the window. Out the window. <laughs> 
and I'm like, funny. that was fucking great. That was really <laughs> strange. And it, if the film just kept being that weird all the time, so, I would love like not only that. I so love she, that. she she walks up the stairs and goes out the window. You're like, oh, what? Okay. And then the other like the people that are remaining that are fleeing from him. Yeah. They get on their company scooters and just like kind of scoot away. Oh yeah, really yeah, slowly. Yeah. Really strange. So that was really fun. Um, what did you think about the guy with the glasses and how his glasses broke and he's like tries to go hang himself and I'm like this is like a weird parable. It, it is was interesting because like, that parable is what makes the dude cry. But okay, so here's what happens: he has to go buddy buddy with employee of the month, and employee of the month is very annoying and he's mm-hmm. like kind of a nerdy dude and um uh, the employee of the month he he talks about the parable. And he gets himself so worked up that he starts crying. And the illustrator just made this amazing new piece for the ad agency. Yeah. And it, like he finished it. It was done. And then this employee of the month swipes it up and blows his nose in it. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. And that pisses the main character off, which, you know, rightly so. Yeah. And so the main character smacks him. And his glasses break, and then he goes on to another parable and talks about how, oh, the last time I didn't have any glasses, I mm-hmm. wanted to hang myself. But he has this whole stupid, embarrassing story about yeah. how he was going to hang himself on the maypole of a festival. It's like, yeah, like what? he was so he was so blind he couldn't even kill himself correctly with rope, and yeah, so he didn't didn't end up doing it. Uh, but he was so depressed that this guy won't be able to afford glasses that he it makes him cry. Yes. And then everyone rushes in. They're like, oh, he's finally crying about that the the actress who died. And they're like taking pictures and asking him to look into the camera. And oh, it's gross. I loved it. And then that ends <laughs> up being posted on social media. And that's why like, yeah. you finally get the message. So message, 100% awesome. I liked it. Yeah. Film standalone was great. It was, it's just... I wanted to see the message married more to the plot instead of just kind of dumped at the end. But mm. I don't know if that could have been achieved. Maybe because okay. they might have had the constraints of the actual story. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of liked that punch at the end. Of You're kind of like, what is going on with this weird company? Why does he need to cry? And like, yeah, yeah that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Uh, one thing I didn't mention about the blue pendant, no dialogue in that movie. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's a big thing in that that I wanted to mention. And he was able to tell a pretty cohesive story. I mean, it was a fantasy. We we got a little confused. But, like, it wasn't because there was no dialogue. It was because of how weird this movie was. No, Uh, but I thought it was great. The the narrative of that film is incredibly strange. Like, it's so bizarre. Yeah, it was fun. Wildly imaginative. If I had to pick one that I would watch... I mean, I would watch all of these again, but if I had to pick one that I wanted to watch again, again, it would be Blue Pendant because of how insane it is. Like, I, I want to know more about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he could make a whole movie off of that. I, just that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We did it, Dan. You do plugs now. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at AnyFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at AnyFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheAnyFilmReview at gmail.com. Um, that's where you send your film. If you want to be a filmmaker who submits to us, check out our Patreon, $1 donation, two or $3 donation, and then the $5 donation, the magical $5, which is 
specifically for filmmakers. You can do if you're a regular listener. You can do five. Thank you so much if you do. But it's it's geared towards filmmakers because what we do if the filmmaker donates to that and they want their film reviewed faster than six months, we put them on a shorter list and we get to their film a lot faster. A lot, like a week or so, fat. Like yeah, the week. Week or so turnaround, basically. One time donation. That's all you need. I know Patreon is unfortunately like subscription based, but just pay us and then cancel. That's totally fine. Yeah. Or pay us and forget, and then we keep getting that money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, if that ever happened and someone was like, hey, I forgot to cancel this, I would try to get them their money back. I'm not going to fucking try to scam you guys. Um, but yeah. Uh, go check out the necropoticon.com. I appreciate you. Go check out the sons of the fathers. It's a really spoopy role-playing podcast based on call of Cthulhu that I am on Dan. I'm the star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I play one of the characters on there and it's a lot of fun. It's really spoopy. I make it really dumb. Uh, but I'm hoping that becomes enjoyment. And, uh, yeah, Paul's a really great DM. I have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, go check it out. Necropoticon.com and Sons of the Fathers. Anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, Okay. Uh, Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. You know, doing this show is so fun. Yes. I fucking love it. Yes. Dan, you got the final word, motherfucker. Guys, Jared doesn't know this, but... Uh Um, we're, we're actually going to the internationals and I haven't invited him because I'm, 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 I'm the one that carries the show. Honestly, (laughs) I can't say that with a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) We're still doing the podcast, by the way. I can hear everything you Empires, demons, apples, mice, gnomes, barbarians, saxophones, dice. Fate of Ison is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast from New Zealand. The players are comedians, and the dungeon master is very, very patient. Check out fateofison.com to discover fan art, cast profiles, and a whole new world of adventure. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.